Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and we are joined with my co-host Joe Seven Four Eight and part-time six-figure AP Double Time. How's it going, Double Time? Pretty good, Colin. How you doing? So, I'm done. Good, good. Double time, aka Alan from The Hangover. Yeah, so so he sent us a picture of him in a costume contest dressed as Alan from The Hangover with his own four month old. Is that correct? Correct. That's last year. <laughs> so tell us what uh, how you heard about and got involved in card counting. First heard about card counting, you know, from like everybody the movies like Rain Man and Twenty One, and the History Channel uh, documentary about the MIT team. Uh, that was cool. I one something I want to do is, you know, because I used to play Magic the Gathering and I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, this is a way to make money beside outside of, you know, this and, and but of course I was in my late twenties. I uh, we recently got married and I had a baby. So I was like, I kind of focus on work and providing for the family. So it wasn't something I could do for fun. You know, family had to come first. Uh fast forward eight years later, uh I was more financially secure. At a side business where I dealt with a lot of vendors who love to gamble. So we're at the casino often. And I wanted to just kind of, I got to a point where I, I was tired of losing. And I wanted to just have like, like, a, like a, how can I lose less situation? And when I did my research, I found BJ and decided to not just give it a shot and start checking out and trying testing. When you went to these like trips, how, how much were you gambling at the time? Like how much were you losing on some of these nights out? Uh, maybe a thousand, two thousand tops. But you know, or I'll break even, or I'll be able to win five hundred. So it wasn't like a crazy, but you know, it wasn't a crazy amount. But for me, it was kind of a felt. It was just a waste, you know, losing that kind of money. So what was your training process like? Just basically the BJ training software and videos. I didn't do anything else. Uh, I had a, uh, some cards I would just run physical drills with, but uh, um, you know, nothing else outside of that. I did the mistake of taking my training early to the casino before I was ready, <laughs> like everybody does. Um, I had about 120 of those casino training hours in 2020, but ended up losing, you know, like $3,400. Uh, the COVID shutdown actually saved my bankroll and kind of forced me to perfect my game. Uh, so really in 2021, because I was working remotely, um, I was home all the time. So any spare time I had, I was, I was continuing training with the software and just counting down the uh, decks and shoes. And it wasn't until really 2022 when I started coming again. And that's when I started, you know, playing and realized, you know what, I got some money saved from, from COVID and is ready to go out there and do a uh, $10,000 repentance bankroll, bankroll and just, just try and see how it works. If it, if I lose, I'm done, you know, but if it continue, it works, continue on. What was your, you know, if, if nothing else, emotional bankroll, how much, how much of losing would you have handled before you you would have given up? Uh, maybe 20,000. I would have been okay. like, you know what, okay. for me, even though I had the money to keep going, I would have been like, it's, it's a bit much, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know? It's, and that's not including the money I lost the previous year, uh, you know, yeah. the, the 3000. So it was more of like, this is kind of my last try, you know, like if this, if this is not going to, it's not going to work out for me. You know, that's, that's how I look at it as a, um, if this wasn't going to work, then it wasn't going to work. What was it like? Uh, did you tell your family you were pursuing this and did they know about kind of your gambling losses before? Like how did that all develop? I tell my wife, she knew what I was trying to do. Uh, she knew I had a very entrepreneur kind of mindset, but I wasn't going to just randomly try something. And it was something to do because I was during my work trips, I could either sleep in the hotel and watch TV, you know, hang out in the hotel and watch TV, 
or go do something. So I decided to go do something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's kind of why I was like, well, I'm already here, out here, you know, I can call my family and the kids, but I can only talk to them so much. And then now it's like, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's make some more money while I'm yeah. out here. Do you know what size bankroll you were playing off of when you had the $10,000 replenishable? Because if you would have lost 20K, like, do you know, if, with 20K, was your risk like 10% or 1%? Yeah, it was probably about more of a 10, 15% probably. Okay. I, was betting kind of, I was betting kind of high. So I was green chipping. I, yeah. In my area, you couldn't bet you. Yeah. So my bet started at $25 no matter what. Okay. So, so, so I had <laughs> definitely some, some risk involved in the endeavor. But did you, you went back to training. Did you get to a point where you could pass test outs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So in 2021, I was passing test outs. I was just basically, I'm done. I'm ready. It's just that. I wasn't traveling yet, and I was kind of out of like, well, I was doing stuff with work. I was, I was kind of busy, you know, we want to with the family. And when 2022 happened, I was traveling more. Then I was like, you know what? I'm already out here. I, I got the skill that I developed this whole, almost two years now. So I figured it was time to do something with it and just, you know, and take a risk, take a calculated risk to see. Yeah. And how'd that go? Like, what, what well, was it? I mean, I know you, you lost the first three grand or, or whatever. And, and I, you know, I've seen your, your graph, um, seen your posts on, on our forum, the first what 120 hours was like, you know, break even or lo losing a bit, but then yeah. what was it like when you went back at it? The, the first, you know, hundred, 200 hours. Um, the first, it was actually very, oh, I already had some negative variants already. I remember I lost almost 8,000 already before I oh, started wow. rocketing up. Okay. Because I was already like 8,000 down. Yeah. Maybe 50 hours in. Yeah. And uh, somewhere close to 100 hour mark, they started just perpetually keep going up. And it was like, it was, it was like a check mark almost. You know, uh -huh. it was, it, it was a hit. And then, um, and I just continued on that. Because then, then at that point, when I kind of increased my bet a little, got more comfortable. Um, but a lot of it also was. I'm, I'm in SoCal, so I had a lot of double day games, and I had a player's card already. So a lot of these places were thinking, "Oh, here's this guy that's been playing the last couple of years, losing a lot of money." But in return, he came in and kind of smashed them really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing, you know, because I keep thinking, "Oh, this guy's got to lose. He's on a streak or something." And also the way I was betting, I, I kind of placed my bet almost like a gambling would with pressing on certain certain steps. So it looks like I was pressing. And it wouldn't necessarily, even though the drop would count, like let's say the count would drop from four to two, I wouldn't bring it down. I was still leader where it's at because it was still a positive count, uh, a true count. So I was, and by doing that, I wasn't fluctuating my bet as much, but I just happened to win a lot. And that caused, you know, my, my winning streaks to, to be exceptionally higher than it was. So, so what's interesting to me about that, you know, yeah, at one point you're down 11,000 and change, but also at that point, I know the first 120 hours were not probably positive EV yet, but you still had 200 hours of play yeah. and you're down, you know, it does take some, some gumption or something to stick with it, you know? Stubborn, yeah. stubbornness or stubbornness. entrepreneurialism or whatever you want to call it. Uh, fortunately, because your game was perfect, you know, that second, you know, a attack was, was just negative variance. And then, and then it turned around. Um, yeah. my, my other question is, uh, 
you know, you're, you use a little bit of betting cover. Did you calculate any of that or you just figured, hey, I'm willing to take the risk. I know it's a positive EV bet, so I'll, you know, not bet. I won't correlate or, you know, I won't optimally bet all the time. Um, I calculate based on the BJ software. Okay. Kind of like, like let's yeah. say mm -hmm. I don't jump. Like let's say I would not jump. I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump a very true count. So let's say the first one is it's fifty dollars on, on zero. At true one, I wouldn't jump. Or you know, or at that, but at true two, I'll, I'll double it to one hundred. Mm -hmm. And then I, I won't jump at true three, but at true four, I'll jump to two hundred. Okay. You yeah. Know, I, mm -hmm. I won't do the exact yeah. you know the amount, but it's there. Yes. And based on the, and based on the betting software. Mm -hmm. It calculated already, and then you know the EV and what the risk was. So I, I was, I was really risk that, but it looked more like a natural play from someone just pressing, doing a full press, yeah. rather than just adding a chip up. <laughs> I did full a full press instead, and it looked more natural. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of bought the cover, but at the same time, it was also a positive game. I'm not just risk randomly. Well, it's negative two. Yeah. I'm down. I got to throw another hundred out. You know? Yeah. It wasn't like that. Yeah. Yep. When you're playing at these places that you had already played with your player's card, did any of them, any of the staff started to act weird or like, did anyone throw any hints at you? Like, Hey, did you start to learn how to count cards recently or anything like that? No, actually they were just welcoming me back. I didn't realize and start, I started asking what my win loss was with some of the uh, cards. Cause, uh, uh, I was just kind of, I was getting a lot of promotional chips and a lot of these promotional chips were, the kind where they stay on the board when you when you when you gain them. So let's say they give you a hundred dollars promotional chip, you can ask for what color you want, and then if you win, those chips still stay there. So you can continue to play them until you lose those those, those chips. So it's almost like real money that just couldn't cash out. And at one place, I was getting to a point where I got almost almost eight grand in promotional chips just because of the time I was playing there. And I think I got greedy with them because I was doing like in their six deck. My max bet was like two hands of 500. Well, when I started getting those large promotional chips, towards the end of the shoe, I was doing two hands of 1,000. So using my $500 and their $500 on top. <laughs> and I started doing some major wins with them. Like, that I think that kind of got them. And I think um, when I, I think over over 30 Ks, when there was no limit to them, they said, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry, your games are good. You can't have me play anymore. No, that was kind of, but. You know, so I stopped going, but uh, playing radio anyway, but I still go back there once a month and I still play. So I know you know this because you came to a boot camp, but for anyone watching, just a little pro tip, those promotional chips, especially those ones where you play until you lose, um, the, or, or you play until you win. Is that what it was? Oh, uh, well, no, those chips stay on the, until they lose. So uh, okay. they're not real Yeah, yeah. So so if you them. win, it, it rides until, until you lose it. Um, so yeah, for anyone watching, there, look up James Grossjean's work beyond coupons, um, and he has the the optimal way to play those. It's, it's usually not blackjack, um, so there might be a way to get eke out more EV out of any promotional chips if people are getting those. But um, those those can add quite a bit of EV to to you know someone's career if you're using it the right way. For that first back off, was there any kind of lead up? Like, was there? Did you sort of sense something was going to go go down, or was it just kind of came out of nowhere and there? Uh, my my actually back off was was in the East Coast. It wasn't at that shop. Um, the first back off was actually a place I was playing rated. Um, I was getting like sick comps because the way I was betting there, the time I was playing. So it was out about one hundred and thirty nine hours of professional 
career. Not not including that one twenty of training. I, I, won't, I don't count yeah. those. <laughs> yeah. But but basically, um, I didn't realize the game there was just okay. I, I just at the time I was just playing because it was, it was a game that was nearby me. But I got some really great positive variance in three trips. I won about thirty five k on those three sessions, three trips. And on the last session, the last trip, I had three sessions. I won the first two, and the second session was in the highlight room. I I split tens versus six instead of high two two four count in the highlight room. And I try to make it look like the pit boss and the dealer convinced me to split tens because I had the, I had two bets out, and then the, you know two tens came out. And I was talking to, to the dealer, hey, should, you know, do guys really split tens on these? And they, yeah, they sometimes do. Like, hey, you're the only one here. You, can, you should do it. You know. So I was trying to get that, to that make them make me yeah. do it. And I did. And I won both. I won into all three hands doing that. But I think that, and also the, the amount of I won in the short period of time on my player's card, got them to uh, review my game because after I came back from my third session, in five minutes I was backed off. That back off. Uh, it sounds like it probably came from surveillance because you had the pit on your side to split tens or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> surveillance, they're not a part of that conversation. <laughs> they're just watching your play and they see 10 splitting with top bets out there and review it and game over. But, uh, where did you, um, you came to boot camp? Where was that at in, in the whole process? Uh, boot camp, I had it uh, in 2022. At that point I was like over a little over 400 hours of, professional play um i wanted to start black chipping regularly um but i did want to get my game evaluated i wanted to make sure before i do a you know go into black chip that i really had to you know prepare my game and uh, and i figured too that using the earnings i won the previous year to improve to basically reinvest in myself was, was a good investment you know before i start just black chipping for no reason so after those 400 hours you know roughly where where your career was at over six figures. Oh wow! Already. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, awesome. I did six figures, maybe yeah. three hundred and seventy-five hours in. Okay, so you're up six figures, and thought maybe maybe I'll invest in in my uh, skills a little bit more. How did how did it go? I don't remember. I don't remember who did your test out, but how did all that go? Uh, Joe did my test out. Uh, nice. I asked him for a hard test out because I wanted to make sure, you know, because um, I told him that even I even told him, hey, I just played double deck. This morning, I went. I, I you know. I, I went to play at uh, at four a.m. and I wanted to play just to kind of one. I had lost money, so I, I winning it all back <laughs> and then some. But I wanted to test because in my regular uh, play schedule, when I work and travel, I would work a full day, then drive to the casino, then play all night before I call it a night. Wow! So I wanted to test to be similar to that. Yeah. Because of course, if I'm fresh, I'm gonna be good. Yeah, you know, I, I already know that, but I want I want that added stress, the added the added being up all night. So that's why I purposely woke up early, went to the casino, played all these hours. Then we had the whole class, and we didn't do the test out until like later in the afternoon. So by that time, I was, I was up for a good amount of time. Yeah, and we had to do all this training, and you know, so uh, that's why I wanted that test to simulate the same thing because I want to make sure at the very least you get a positive game on your worst condition. I missed, I think I dropped the count once. I was off by one in the count and you mispaid me. Uh, you took one of my mispays. I missed one of the mispays, but that was it. Other than that, you told me no basic strategy issues, no deviation mistakes. He said that I had a positive game, but just make sure you don't lose the count or don't lose, you know, that's all. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uptight right now, but you know what? I want to test it this way. I want to at least, the very, you told me that at the very least you have a positive game. So that's all it matters at that point to me. 
Yeah. yeah. According to, you know, the teams that I've run, the standard was you can get off by running one once in a shoe. So it sounds like yeah. that. that was within our, our standard. Um, and then the mispay, yeah, you don't want to miss those. But I know Joe can be pretty pretty un un uh gracious with with his he did, he, he did several on me that's why i missed one i mean he just he was but i didn't miss them all i think he had several on me so that's why i was like i did tell him to give me a hard one so yeah. i did tell him to make, make my test hard yeah i remember when you yeah you had a a pretty good test out anyway and then you told me after that yo i actually have been up all night and and then i was even more impressed that the test out went so well after you know you'd been up for a while uh, but going back to, you said you wanted to get tested out when you started like black chipping from green chipping. So how much were you betting max before? And then how much were you planning to bet max after? Uh, before my max was, uh, was 200 to 500. And not, you know, the only time I did over a thousand is because I had those promo chips, but really two hands of 500 was, was my max. After the test out, uh, my max was 10 to a thousand. Okay, so when you were betting two by five hundred for up until this point, you've already made over a hundred thousand yes. betting two but two by five hundred. If do you remember like were you just getting backed off left and right, or did you have not that many back offs in that whole time? Not that many. Uh, yeah. Twenty twenty one, twenty two. I only had total ten back offs and three trespass. Yeah. So like, why? What do you? What are some of the things you think you employed to help? you not get backed off was it just because you were kind of moving locations so much because your job and that kind of helped or that did help but i think being a middle-aged asian man compared to a white young white man it probably helped out <laughs> um but i also i don't bring all my money out you know like i'm carrying a lot of money on me a lot of cash but I, I only bring out enough to place big bets and then i can take draw money so it looks like i'm a i'm chasing my bet but I never draw attention to myself how I dress more. I try to look as as conspicuous or common as everybody else. But I do on I, on, I, on places I, I know I'm gonna play big plays on. When I do try to bring my, my Rolex watch and and and, and my neck my gold necklace so that it shows that you have money, but not flaunting it either at the same time. So they don't ask me as many questions why you betting why you you know where are you getting this money from. And when they talk to me, I talk to them. I I. I I for sure never have a problem with the pit boss and the dealers. It's always surveillance that gets me, because um, I because a lot of times when I get backed off, the the, the pit boss and the dealers only know why I got backed off, or at least it seems like in their face. They're like, "What?" You know, like they were, they just come out of nowhere and say, "Color them up." You know what I mean? And they're like, "Oh, what happened?" And then I would say, "What happened?" And they're like, "No, you just can't play anymore." And then that's kind of the story they always give me. And, and I think another one is um, I I purposely also wear my wedding ring. And so when they ask me for ID or to make a player's card, I will say, oh, you know what? Um, my wife doesn't like me gambling. Can you just take us through your kind of schedule at night after you got off work? Like kind of what was your approach? Like when did you, did you just go until all night long? Or like when did you decide to quit to get sleep? Or... <laughs> it depends how I feel at night. But so before I, I do a job, I already know where I'm going. And I will be staying. And I researched the area based on the VGA website to see if there's any good games there. Um, if it's a, a job that I sometimes repeat, if I know it's a, if it's a good if it's a good area, is a good play. I'll play either before or after, as long as it's within a two hour drive. If it's an area where I know there's no drivable time frame, what I'll do is on the last day of the job, I'll book a flight. I already booked this in advance, of course. That I'll book a flight to another area. 
and I, that I have that I frequent, and I will play there for 24 hours. So I'll fly in. I'll fly in. So I'll sleep on the plane. I'll nap on the plane from my job. So I'll you know fly out maybe like three, four in the afternoon, depending on the job. The job. I knew what time the job went. I'll get to the the airport, um, and I'll fly to the site. Then when I land, I'll I'll have my rental ready, and I'll drive to the, straight to the casino. And I usually play after 10 p.m. anyways. So as long as I get there around that time, that's my optimal time to get there. And I'll play there until they back me off. Or if they let me play all night, I'll try to keep playing if I can. If not, I'll take a nap in the car. And I'll have change the clothes. So if I come back in for a second session, I'll be wearing a different set of clothes. And this one place I frequent at, they don't even, because I I'll hop to tables, they don't even keep track of me because I've asked the dealer the next day, like at 7 in the morning, hey, so how long have I been playing here? I'll check the head boss. And he says, oh, according to this, you've been here since 4 in the afternoon. I mean, since 4 in the morning. But I've been there since like 10 the previous night. So I really know they weren't, as long as I'm hopping tables and I'm staying past the shifts, they seem not to care. And in this particular place, because they, I, I think because I'm playing the 8-deck pits, they seem to not really watch it. And I'll get heads up by asking them to raise the limits to 50 bucks, asking for no smoking. And then that kind of keeps people away. And if I can't ask them no mid shoe because I'm not, I'm, I don't have a player's card, but what I'll do is when someone does have a player's card, I'll tell them, hey, do you want me no, no mid shoe? Because that place, a lot of people tend to jump in and jump out and they hate it too. So they'll say, yeah, let me get, let me give, uh, they'll put the no mid shoe request on that person I, that I asked for. And so when that person leaves, I pretty much have almost heads up all night by myself. That's smart. So you get the other player to to get no Michu entry for you. And what what size bankroll are, are we talking about at this point? Uh, my trip at that point is 40K bankroll. 40K, is that what you said? Yeah, 40K bankroll when I play those two. That's, those that's your trip bankroll. But I mean, I'm just thinking if oh, you're playing 50, $50 minimum and you're playing, you know, heads up, so you're playing through negative shoes, you must have a sizable bankroll. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that bankroll is about one hundred thirty because my my max bet at, at those games is about a two two uh, two hands of a thousand. Okay. At Trufa. Well, I've been on the internet, and so I know according to the internet, you can't bet two spots of a thousand as a card counter anymore. So you must not get any hours in. Is that correct? That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> at this particular shop, I've actually played nineteen hours one, uh, straight one time. Oh jeez. Then I went. Then I went to. I went straight to a meetup. Fell asleep, woke up at two in the morning, drove back, played another ten hours before I flew out. Wow! So <laughs> no, it was pretty rough. I don't want to give the wrong impression that it's easy to do this. I mean, it's not. It's oh, like no. I'm. I'm pretty pretty impressed that you're getting in these hours betting betting that heavy. It's just uh, drives me nuts when people are like, "Oh, card counting, you can't do that anymore." You know, you bet over a hundred dollars, you're going to get backed off everywhere, and it's it's like that's. Yeah, you got to be good at what you do, but uh, you're proving, you know, that that this can still be done. Uh, if you're exceptional at it, which sounds like you are, but I think also because sorry, it's also I think because eight deck. If I try that the double deck, I'm 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 gone like really fast. Yeah, and it, and it's also like double time has like you heard him. He was like scouting places. He's specifically targeting 
certain place. He's not just going to El Cortez yeah. <laughs> and playing for five minutes and then posting online that you can't card count anymore. That hundred, like he's searching the entire country and like zoning in on where to go, like. Yeah, I went to El Cortez, Treasure Island, and South Point, and all three of them backed me off right away from their double deck. Be like, yeah, of course they did. Those are the three three sweatiest casinos in in the country, probably. Um, no, that's that's a really good point, Joe. Like, you gotta uh, treat it like a professional, and and you truly truly are. Yeah, and also it's like the whole thing of what he mentioned about like if it if the conditions if good conditions aren't there. You have to make those conditions for you. Like what he did with the no Mitchu entry and the bringing the person in and then asking for the no Mitchu, like doing all those things, all those things have nothing to do with what the count is. And it means so much in extra EV value to like create good conditions for yourself if they're not there. Yeah. My biggest takeaway is I need a Rolex. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and these games too, you know, I'll even ask for a better, a, a, a thinner cut. You know, so I'll get on an eight deck, the best deck I ever, the best I ever had was, was 0.5 on an eight deck. Mm. Yeah. And I just asked for it. It wasn't like nothing crazy. The guy was like, you want to love your shoe? Sure. And just cut it even thinner. What's, and, what's the highest count you've seen on an eight deck? Ooh, uh, running 30, 33. I got a running 50, yeah. 50, uh, like it, it was above 50. This is at uh muckle shoot <laughs> and i got destroyed <laughs> those those tens and aces were not coming out but but i remember it's the only time i saw a count that high um so uh anything that you think would have helped if you would have known it earlier in your career how, how many total hours do you have now uh, a little over 650 650 and you you made an yep. awesome post on our forum um that's i think what spurred us to, to reach out to you um where you're you're above six figures right it, were, any any yep. uh, uh anything you can say uh 172 172 that's going to be give or, give or take thirty thousand, depending on the day probably yeah i mean yeah no i mean most of my wins or losses are within a ten thousand dollar fifteen thousand yeah. dollar swing yeah you know I'll, I'll go to a casino thinking, oh, this can be a great night, and then get slaughtered. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. get slaughtered 15k, and then have to come back and play again. But yeah, yeah, it just it, it does. It's, it does swing. Um, I'm still on the upswing right now on it, but because uh, this year, what 220 hours for this year so far. I'm, my goal is to try to get 400 hours a year, hmm. and then if I can, 100 100k or higher yeah, hmm. on that. Because Try to get seven figures by the time I, I turn fifty. You know, <laughs> kind of oh man, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's that's a, that's the long goal on it. But, you know, and uh, if it if it do sooner, do sooner. But you know, if I hit seven before fifty, then maybe that'd be a good awesome goal. Anything that would have really helped you out if you would have known when you first started playing? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, if I'd known like the importance of. Uh, was it rounds per hour mm. and and you know, deck penetration and it's basically you know even though players on the table don't affect their game they affect it as just how slow they can slow the game down or how you know so a lot of things that i didn't know in the beginning and i just got all right this i'm out of because you know i'm gonna play some blackjack you know without really looking at the mm. games and kind of like yeah. evaluating uh what, what what was worth playing or not and 
And, you know, I, I didn't really get that until, you know, a little over 100 hours that I really focused on that. But if I had really known that early on, those first 120 hours training hours would probably have been a lot better because <laughs> I would have yeah. known not to play certain casinos or known not to play certain games. You know, because in, in places like Vegas, you're kind of forced to play these these larger bankrolls and you they, you can really bring with you. You know, because you're just like, oh, you know, I'm going to bet of uh, $50 a hand, you only bought 1000 2000 with you. <laughs> you know, yeah. within yep. a couple of high, max bets, you're gone. You know, and yep. or slowly just being being dripped to death. You know, with these yeah. with these uh, yeah, with these games. So I uh, sent sent an email to Nichols and asked if he had any questions for you. Um, and he had a couple of really good ones. One of them is how has card counting affected the way you view the world? Oh man, it showed me the true colors of casinos. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they put this image of how come here and win. You can win too, and but then you realize, you know, if you're a winning player, they actually leave and they bar you. Mm -hmm. So it's like. And I understand it's a business, but at the same time, you see how they just take the money from unexpected people and just wasting them. And then the degenerates see while they're playing the tables, they just don't know how that they're being, you know, just just put to the put to the ringer. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad, but that's but that's what it is. And uh, another one he had is how has card counting affected your relationships with family and friends? Uh, I do know a lot of gamblers. So they kind of get a kick that I'm actually mm. beating the casinos consistently. You know, they, they know I have losses too, but they see the chart that consistently I'm doing. So it kind of excites them like, oh, hey, you know, it can be done. Because they see it on TV, you know, on the movies, mm. and like, it can be done, I guess. Um, but I know my mom and my wife uh, were, were kind of worried a little bit, thinking, you know, because in my family, there's some degenerate gamblers mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. she was afraid of falling into the bad habits mm. and and so too, they were kind of scared of that and kind of just showed them the charts kind of showed them like look you know it's it's really you know it's it's kind of investing um you're i'm placing a bet but i'm doing it in a way where it's it has good odds of winning and the returns are there so they kind of got it based on the, i think when i first broke that one hundred thousand dollar mark they kind of okay <laughs> they kind of got a little more comfortable because they're like, oh, at the, very, at the very worst, you can only lose what you won hmm. now, you know, because you, you wind up where it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't very bad. Um, hey, by the way, I can't see it in this in this angle, but before I saw the picture you had in the background is is from... Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. it's right, right behind you. From, Tales yeah, yeah. from the Felt. Right on the but art. Joe, yeah, yeah. The art print. Sweet. The art print, yep. Well, thanks for taking the time to share your story. I'm excited to hear how it continues and... and uh, would be incredible to have you on if you hit seven figures before 50. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll reach, I think you'll reach it sooner than you think. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Keep up the good work. And, uh, if you guys are watching and you want to learn more about beating blackjack with card counting, uh, and joining a AP community, check out blackjackapprenticeship.com until next time. See you later.